direct from the web, it's Billy Masters Live. And now, please welcome your host, Billy Masters. We're back. Another show. Oh, my God. Wait, hold on. We're... Oh, my God. Do you see? I've got the wrong still shown. Hello. Welcome. You know, Sue, stop laughing. It's only been a year. Welcome to Billy Masters Live. You know, you would think after a year we'd know what you're doing, but we don't necessarily. Um... But, you know, you know, who cares? As far as I'm concerned, you know, it's a show. And uh, as one of our guests today would be able to say to us, look, it's no Tamron Hall. But, you know, that's okay. Who cares? Uh, what is the date? Oh, thank God somebody's on the ball. Today is Thursday, April 1st. Sue is under the table already. God, it's like old times. She used to be under the bar. All right. Anyway. Welcome to the show. I have uh, some good news, and um, we'll talk about this, but um, I think there's a light at the end of the tunnel. I think we have turned the corner, at least in Massachusetts, when it comes to um, the coronavirus, and it's because of Stop and Shop. Now, I know. Those of you not in this New England area don't know Stop and Shop. It's like a grocery store. It's a big supermarket. Well, through the whole pandemic, they have limited you to one entrance for entrance and exits, and they've been keeping track of you. Well, I went to my local stop and shop just yesterday. Both doors were open. They were letting you leave out of the door more convenient to where I park. So I say stop and shop is like my groundhog. We are almost out of the woods. And then, of course, tomorrow we may be back in the woods. Um, it is, it has been a year. So for those of you who don't know the story of how we started this show, what happened was Seth Rudetsky and James Wesley started doing daily shows for the Actors Fund. And they were doing them twice a day. They still are, I believe. And um, they may only be doing one a day now. Anyway, they've raised like over $700,000 for the Actors Fund, so... Bravo to them. Anyway, so I was watching the shows and I was recovering from rotator cuff surgery and I'm sitting here in my parents' house and I wrote to Seth and said, what a great job you're doing with these shows. And he wrote back, well, then why aren't you doing a show? He said, we have to do what we can to keep people entertained and focused and people were stuck at home. And it was a brand new world. And if the view and the talk and the take and the reel and all those shows could be doing shows from home, why couldn't I? And I said, all right, well, why couldn't I? But I'm not raising money for anyone. I'm just, I'm not, God knows it's costing me money. So anyway, that's how the show got started. And Throughout this pandemic, my uh, I've only had one co-host, so I can't say favorite, but she would be my favorite even if I had 100 co-hosts. She was the former host of The Take, do you see? The Take. Look, there I am, and look, there she is. You know, four times on the show and I got a mug. That's all I'm saying. Um, she is NECN, which is New England Cable News, for those of you not in New England, NECN's political commentator, and she is our chief correspondent. 
Sue O'Connell, stop laughing, Sue. You can also see me on NBC LX nationally on Mondays. Oh, is that the Latino channel? Do you no, speak Spanish? No, that, that's we have Telemundo. That's part of our family. But LX is uh, on on the, the web. No, it's local, oh. local NBC local. Although I'm here, do I get that on a channel? You can get it on the channel. You can get it over the is air. Is it a digital? Is it a digital channel? Well, I don't know what that means. Well, like if you have an antenna, like is it or something? You can get it right. anywhere. You can get it over the air. You can get it on your Roku. You can get it on your digital. Oh. Just say to your little thing, NBC LX. And but I'm don't all- say Sue O'Connell because it's not going to come. Nothing will come up. The math team. and and also quite frequently on um, uh, NPR and Greater GBH Boston. And all Boston. Boston. I go from GBH and PBS to Billy Masters. So there you go. You know, talk about range. So yeah. have you noticed, is your local stop and shop opening a second door yet? I have. I don't think mine has a second door. My <laughs> I'm, in, I'm in the yuppie area. Yuppie area. I'm in the city, man. Um, yeah. I think, uh, you know, I don't know how I feel right now. I feel optimistic. I've got my appointment. Okay. I'll be eligible uh, any minute. And I'm the next group. I'm getting my, I got my appointment. So I'm thrilled to get vaccinated. Good. I'm thrilled that people are getting vaccinated. Um, I got my first. But I don't. Um, I'm concerned about where we are about what we're comfortable with. Like, are we comfortable with 30 to 40 people a day dying in Massachusetts uh, related to COVID? Is that a number we're going to be okay with? What's, you know, we're okay with, and I'm just going to speak as cold-blooded as I can here. We're fine with the number of people who die from the flu every year, which is 20 to 65,000, right? 20,000 to 65,000 people die from the flu every year. And we're fine with what we do about that, right? We're okay. f- no mandatory vaccination. We never think about it, right? We never think about it except when it's really bad and then we might know someone who dies. So we're fine with that risk. We're fine with the, the, the risk for driving a car, right? We're Which fine is less with, actually than flu, yeah. I think. But we're fine with all these risks. So are mm-hmm. we now at a point where we're thinking, you know, we can live with 40 people a day in Massachusetts on average dying? And I, I'm not. I think that we still could be doing more to reduce transmission and um, reduce uh, deaths, uh, obviously. Mm-hmm. But uh, and because of that, I would really like to stay um, wherever we are, whatever phase we're in. I'd like to be in that phase until the end of the year, frankly, really? because I, yeah. I would like to make sure that we don't have to go back into lockdown. Right. We don't want to send all the kids to school and then bring them yeah. all back home again or tell the restaurants they can open with this amount of people inside and bring them all back home again. Or they'd say, Maine, you can't come visit us. We can't go. Right. I would just like to say this is where we're going to stay until December 31st. I'll let you know December 1st what we think and take it from there. So I'm, I'm not happy. Um, also, with this, you know, this this variant that's out there here. Well, Mass- there's three now. Cape Cod, right, has a has an increasing rate of um, infections. You also might note that Cape Cod is where a lot of Republicans live, right? So we're also finding is the it Cape was, very Republican. I didn't know more, that. It's more Republican than other parts of Massachusetts. I had no um, idea, really. Yeah, and um, we have to take keep in mind, um, you know, it, it was the leading groups that were uh, vaccine hesitant were um, mm-hmm. right. 
communities of color, black and brown, African-American, Hispanic. The Hispanic Latino community is still not doing great in terms of getting vaccinated. And that might be because of access and all, all the issues. That yeah, we that's, yeah that's the, the question. One of the leading groups right now is Republicans. Republicans are not getting their vaccinations. And we can't reach any level of working here unless we all get vaccinated. All of us right. who can should get vaccinated. So that's my rent. So no, so your question was, are my doors open at the stopping? <laughs> no. You know, first off, the fact that you said the stopping the just stopping. kills me. The stopping. That's what we call it. It's um, what it is. It's the stopping. No, the doors are yeah. stopping unopened because we only got one. Can't well, go it. to Revere. They got lots of doors there. Yeah. Check there. Um, you know, I... And I famously said on this show that I was hesitant about getting the vaccine and I wanted to wait and see because I didn't feel there was enough data. And um, there was one thing and, you know, it's a selfish. Re- well, if if you ask my mother, there are two things. Yeah. My mother wanted me to get the vaccine so that I can have the nieces and nephews over for Easter. Yeah. That was it. That was it. And I'm like, oh, so let me go and get a shot yeah, so you can have kids over for Easter. You're not Easter this Sunday. You have no, a- we're, at, yeah, right. We're, we're May 2nd or yeah. something. Yeah, Orthodox Easter. Um, but, and so, and, and of course I said, well, have those kids been vaccinated? Like, what does that have to do with me? Because even if I get vaccinated, you're still a carrier. So anyway, that was, but that was what put it in the head, which of course, the minute my mother tells me to do something, it's like you, I'm not doing it (laughs) just to annoy her. So, but the fact that I like to travel and if Mm -hmm. there's an opportunity to travel, I want to know that I'm at least somewhat protected, even if not fully protected. So I did go, I had an opportunity. I'm not going into details, but I had an opportunity to get one and I did get one. And I I, have to say. I'm totally on board with it. If someone offers you one. Yeah. Right. Calls you and says we have extras or someone says you. you, It was one of those situations. You go, you take it, you take it. Right. I'm not, I'm not loving it. Right. All right. Well, let's say it's right in the middle there. (laughs) So there's a gray area with me. But um, but I um, but I have not had a shot since I was about seven years old. And famously, you haven't had a flu shot. So ever. Never. No. I also never get the flu. You don't know that you never have the flu. Twenty five. Twenty five percent of flu infections are asymptomatic and you are still contagious even though you don't have symptoms. So when people say, I don't have the flu because I never got sick, that yes. means you're probably a super spreader. And I've slept with a lot of people. <laughs> I think the record so shows that. So I mean, I really couldn't tell you who they were. But anyway, so, but the, uh, but the point is, it has been drilled in my head since I have not had a shot since I was about seven years old that it would take four people to hold me down to give me a shot. Well, that was so, true. Well, that that was anything. And so I was I had a lot of trepidation going into this. And so I go in and, you know, had the shoulder exposed and the woman says, "Okay, relax. I'm like, "Okay, I'm relaxed. Like she's like, if I can't see your neck, you're not relaxed. So anyway, relaxed. And literally for people watching, this is from a baby like a mosquito bite. That was it. It is no big deal. I uh, I also had no uh, side effects. Mm-hmm. And I was told, drink a ton of water the day of the shot and a ton of the water the day yeah. after the shot. 
and I did, and I was fine. Yeah, and get you, you need to get the flu shot. You haven't had a, like a um, tetanus shot? No. You haven't traveled anywhere where you've had to get a hepatitis, any of those shots? No, I've been told that I should, but no, I don't. <laughs> I know, I'm horrible. No problem, really. I'll, I mean, I did sit there and say, well, that was it. What else do you got? You got that shingle <laughs> shot? Because I know I should get the shingle shot and the pneumonia no, shot. You don't want to get the, you don't want to get shingles. I, no. I, I had chicken pox when I was 24. That's the first time I got chicken pox was when I was 24. And yeah. then I got shingles and you don't want, you don't get the shingle shot. And then get the, well, you know what, I'll take you. How about that? How about that'll be like our first. Oh, that would be each other in a, over a year. I'll take you to get fully back. <laughs> and you hold me down. Because if anyone could hold me down, hold my hands. Yes, well, and we'll film it. Yeah, we'll make money. It could be a segment on the show. Nobody is making money. <laughs> It'll be a TikTok. People love it. So let me ask you now. You're also a publisher of Bay Windows oh, and yeah. South End News. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about print media. With the pandemic, we know that people weren't going out, therefore not picking up magazines and newspapers with the regularity that they were before. Yeah. Has that picked up? Yeah, I mean, it's it's um we we are have been driven. You know, we never really had nightclub advertising either no, it's been years or or i mean even before or yeah. um restaurant advertising it was never really a business uh that we chased after so no, it was service oriented yeah so. so the service guide people were still getting stuff done uh still getting their gutters cleaned you know so um things have held steady for us uh, amazingly so it has been months since my gutters were cleaned <laughs> i bet um, and, you know, some of the national advertisers and big windows have stayed uh, dedicated to the LGBTQ press. So, um, yeah, so things have been holding steady. We'll, well and again, so then okay, we'll pay you. So don't worry about that. Well, all right. No, I, I know that. <laughs> when I remember to send in the invoices, Jeff oh, kills me. Constantly. It's helpful. Yeah, I know that does help. Um, and of course, South End News is a local neighborhood play mm -hmm. paper and people still have to go out to get like you yeah. know, milk or whatever. Yeah, and we're still distributing in the, you know, we're free. Both papers are yeah. free and we want to stay free. Uh, so we distribute in Whole Foods and uh, there's, you know, it's harder because it's fewer places to actually be where folks are going out. But we're there and they're picking it up and we got the websites. What about you? Have you been going out? No. Have nope, you still been staying in? I have actually pulled back because of the variance. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm not going to the super. I'm not going to the stoppy. Uh, oh well, I'm especially not, with two doors. Yeah, I have. I'm wearing the uh, you know the the hardcore masks. Um, oh and yeah. I am, was wearing a shield for a while, and yeah, because I'm not. I, I don't. As my friend Juliet Kayam, the security analyst who's often on CNN and GBH, mm -hmm. says, I neither want to be the last person infected nor the last person to get the vaccine. So at this point I would find it to be, even though, you know, people can do all the right things and still get sick. I would find it to be a massive personal failure. If I get, if I get infected at this time. And how about your daughter? Is she able to go to school or is she no. still doing virtual? She's, she's been doing virtual since like middle school, a mix of virtual. Oh, okay. He's at uh, Bunker Hill Community College, and they've okay. been uh, virtual, and she's taken a couple of courses over at Berkeley College of Music. So, um, and she's Have they opened? They're, I'm not open in person. I think they're open in person in the fall. Okay. 
So she's just uh, got her second shot because unfortunately she's eligible, but fortunately we got it. So we'll push her out. <laughs> so um, with all of this has come a lot of cancel culture, which we've mm. talked about. And God knows if I had anyone to cancel yeah. me, I would have been canceled by now. Um, because, uh, you know, my opinions do not necessarily jibe with general population or polite society. <laughs> so, um, and, and I have to say, we seem to have gotten to a point where freedoms in terms of expression have really been challenged because there is a, a huge rise in political correctness. And have I you totally, noticed that? You know, I totally disagree with you on I everything disagree. you just said, except about how you should be canceled. <laughs> I totally disagree with you. This All right. cancel culture is a made-up thing by the conservatives, right? Well, I do believe that. I if agree. You say that. something. This has always been true. We just haven't had like I said it two seconds ago, and now everyone's mad at me now because of social media and the you know we're all connected in a way with our own news service and our own little world and the amplification of things. So what used to take maybe six months, like a comic could go on the road, Billy. 20 years ago and tell the same joke in every single city for a year and a half. And then one day someone hears it or got mad about it a year and a half ago. Or videotapes it. Right. Uh, well, before though, right. It, it just oh, yeah. went out into the air and no one heard it. Right. And then mm -hmm. someone would lose their contract with, with a sneaker company because of what they said, but it would take years for it. Right. To so it's not new. It's if you say something that's offensive to people or you say something that is in contrary to your um, to oh is that delivery coming? Thing. Hold on one second. Let's take a call. Okay, please. Hello. No, no we'll put two in the yeah. background. Okay. Oh, all right, there you go. Um, so I'm waiting to I actually my she's got a package coming. I'm in a new car. I got a package coming, so it's kind of funny. Um, so you know, so if you say something that's in conflict with your public image for right or wrong. Right, mm -hmm. Billy Jean King. Right, yep. yep. Billy Jean King. If we're going by this model of cancel culture, was canceled for be being a lesbian, and she right. lost all of her endorsements. Right. Yes. Right. So this cancel culture idea is not new. You say something or do something, there will be ramifications. Doesn't mean it's fair. Doesn't mean it's right. right. There's going to be ramifications. Well, and maybe then it is, as you said, the speed of it and right. the fact that more companies are bowing to public pressure than they did, in my opinion. Well, I mean, I don't know. I, more Companies are now more, um, uh, they answer more quickly to their consumers than they used to. I mean, think about it. If you got mm -hmm. upset about something that Burger King did when you were 19, what were you going to do? Yes. Nothing. What were you going to do? You're going to go Call to the 800 number and nothing right. would happen. So now what happens if you're upset about something Burger King does? You go to you go to Twitter, you start a hashtag and Burger King has to respond. So I just But do they? That's the question. Do they have to respond? Well, if they want to be uh if they if they are not living up to the values that they are espousing, right? So if mm -hmm. a company says we're for diversity, we're for a safe environment, we're for these things, right? Mm -hmm. And then an employee or an ad or something happens that is not in harmony with that happens, 
then they should take action about it and they should respond to it. But at the same time, Disney, right? Disney parks, Disney movies in the 1990s Mm -hmm. came out supporting LGBTQ employees and LGBTQ rights. And they were told they were going to be boycotted by every Christian in the United States because of it. And the head of Disney said, so what? Right. So they don't always, but I think that, um, you know, my, my mother, if she were alive would say that, when you use the word political correctness, you're really just saying polite, right? So and I'm not into polite. <laughs> because here's the thing. You know, remember when, um, I'm trying to think which president it was. I guess it was George W. Bush. I was going to say George The younger Washington, one. The first yeah, one. No, I don't remember him, sorry. Uh, but George W. Bush, that you knew that he wasn't necessarily um, in favor of gay rights or didn't necessarily care about the gays, but you knew where he stood and people said, but he could, you could sit down and have a beer with them right. and it wouldn't matter. And I'm like, I like to know where people stand. I don't mm-hmm. want them to espouse what they think I want to hear. That's what troubles me about the political correctness is that if somebody expresses a contrary opinion, their whole job could be in jeopardy. Right, but you're looking, you're expressing contrary opinion um, as if it's a it's an opinion about something rather than sort of like a factual assessment about where we are. If if I say it's my opinion that I don't want to serve gay men, right. and that's my opinion. That's that's not that's not an opinion. That's a bias and a prejudice, right? But aren't you entitled to your own biases and prejudices? Not if I'm a business owner. Not if I yeah, want- now there's another thing, you know, whatever happened, and again, I'm on both sides of this because I've argued, <laughs> yeah, you know, if you were on the if you were on the other side, I'd argue the other way. But since you're on that side, whatever happened to we reserve the right to not serve anybody for any reason? Well and non discrimination laws. That's yeah, I know, but but if I own a business and some KKK member in a hood comes in, can't I just say, you know, I don't want to serve you? You can't. No, there are there are absolutely people that you can deem as disruptive, right? But that's why we. But have then to- what about what about I just don't want to serve you? No, you, well, you you can you, you can't can do say, that. No, you can you can say if someone is disruptive or if someone is uh, making other customers uncomfortable or making your staff uncomfortable or comes in in a KK robe or comes in with a Nazi swastika on their their head, you can absolutely deny them service right. based on their disruption, right, of what's happening, how it would impact your customers. But you can't just say. I don't want to serve you and that you just happens to be over and over and over again, a person of color, right? right? That's what happened. That's how that gets covered. That's how they pretend that they're not just excluding certain types of individual people. And that's why we have non-discrimination laws on the books, both in cities and towns in States and on the federal level to try and protect people from just being discriminated against and saying, no, we have no rooms for you. I'm sorry you drove all night. I'm sorry it's Maine. I'm sorry you're a black family. I know it says we have vacancies, but we have no vacancies for you. And that's that's what non-discrimination laws protect against. Now, you know, I have property in Fort Lauderdale, which is um, vacation property and people rent it occasionally. And I have now a policy that I will not rent to people under 25. Uh-huh. And what it really is doing, because I think I legally can say that. We'll what find I'm really, out. 
we will eventually. Um, but what I'm really doing is discriminating against spring breakers. That's the reason that rule is in there. And the rule is in there because I've had bad experience with spring breakers and the neighbors don't want them there. Right. So you come up with a way that you can discriminate against them legally, but that's really what you're doing. Right. But that's, you know, the discrimination there is a different you know, the, the car, the, uh, you can't rent a car, right? Unless you're what, 25? I think it's 25. That's there's why they told of, me that's what I could do. Right. There's a whole bunch of legal aspects that are okay about that. Um, but, you know, you also, yeah, I mean, yeah, you can always, this is the whole thing about what what the the wealthy, the top 10% love to do is, you know, you, you want, they charge more to keep us out. Right. Right. I mean, right. Are exactly. your gyms really that much better than our gyms? You know, are they really that, you know, are they really spending the $1,000 a month for a gym membership versus, you know, my hundred bucks a month for a gym membership? Is it really that much better than mine? No, they just want to keep us out. But then it also goes to like a bakery or a florist that doesn't want to say, make a cake for a gay wedding. You know, part of, I, I again, I see it from both sides because I would also not want a baker who doesn't want to cook for a gay wedding. I don't want to give them my business anyway. Right. So I would rather know up front, we'll do it, but we don't like it. Okay, good. Then I won't go to you. Right, but you're time. looking go at with God. of being in, in the herb in Boston where you have hundreds of choices, if not a thousand choices of who you want to make your cake. Mm -hmm. When you get out of the city... You don't have that luxury, right? So, so basically, I'm a yuppie elitist. Is that what you're telling me? Yes, you are. You're a yuppie. I mean, that's fine. I can live with that. It's, it's fine. That's, it could be worse. <laughs> um, you know, again, I, and also, you know, I, 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 you know, one of my biggest problems, and we can go, that's a special <laughs> show. It's on this very special Billy Masters, Billy's Problems. Um but, you know, when there's a tenant's rights issue, I've had family members who have been landlords. I've had family members who are renters. So it's really hard to see where that line is and where it is, as you said, protecting your business and being acceptable versus um, prejudice. Right. Well, and this is where the government should come in. Right. So I oh, have, Jesus. the biggest difference between America and Europe is that Europe thinks the government works for them. And in America, right. we're like afraid of the government, right? So meanwhile, right. in France, they're mad at their government for how they failed. And here we're arguing about the government telling us to wear masks, right? So if we had a government that guaranteed the protections of landlords and tenants mm -hmm. and made sure that there were abilities, like if we had gotten the stimulus money when we needed to, instead of how long it's taken, then landlords, I mean, I've been a landlord in the past too. I totally hear you. It's not like these big mega companies. It's mom and pops or mom and moms, or pops and pops that own um, a few pieces of real estate and they're stuck. And they depend on that houses. to pay their bills, right? right? I get it. So, But that's where the government should be able to come in and say, look, it, we're, we're going to put a moratorium on paying every, you don't have to pay your mortgage, right? You don't have yeah, to. And then the person who's accepting that money is like, okay, where's my money? Right. But I mean, it's just, I just, I just think that we, we don't demand a lot from our government and um, you know, the, the, the Ronald Reagan mythology of, you know, the scariest words in, in the English language are I'm the government and I'm here to help you, which he said at the beginning of the AIDS pandemic, when he did absolutely nothing to help anybody, um, you know. 
you know, I did think about that when, when this pandemic came about. And I thought to myself, wow, if all these doctors who are trying to come up with the vaccine had been mobilized trying to do something when AIDS first started, right. there might have been a vaccine. Right. Or Ebola, even if, you know, I mean, there have yeah. been lessons that were learned from HIV, AIDS. Is that dog um, there? Yeah, that's, sorry, that's <laughs> okay. I love dog. your dog, it's fine. No, that's not Maud, that's an Inca, I have two. Inca, oh, Inca, if Inca doesn't see me, she whines. I mean, it's kind of oh, like you. It is. Um, well, you're leading I'm into sure. our first guest. So I'll sit over here a little bit so she can see me. Oh, please, let me know. Okay, there you go. Uh, but it leads into our first guest because uh, Matt Karen begs, uh, you know, it's such a fascinating story. I wrote about it in the column three years ago when it first started. He, oh God, I'm, all right, first, Matt, let me just tell you, you're watching backstage. There is a good chance I'm going to say something wrong. I'm going to use a wrong pronoun. I'm going to fuck up in some way. None of it is personal. I'm just an idiot. But what's great, you know, Sometimes when people become transgender, you use the wrong pronouns because you're looking at the person and you're seeing who they were rather than who they are. Let me just tell you something. I look at Mac and I'm like, that's a hot guy. So this is not an issue for me at all, at all. Um, see, look, I would have hit on him. Anyway, um, so Mac was born, I'm going to just try to plow through this. He story. was in high school during those photos, Billy. So no, you wouldn't just have hit on him. Right. That's what you say. Yeah, tell the dog. Um, okay, Mac was born biologically female, okay? Mac became transgender in high school. I'm watching Mac. Mac will nod when I, or he will let me know when I screw something up. He was a wrestler. According to the University Interscholastic League that oversees all of the Texas public schools, to compete, you must compete with, under the gender you were born in, okay? So even though he had started the transgender process and presented himself as a male and looked like a male, he had to compete with the women. Is that right, Mac? Max looking at me. Yes. Okay, good. Okay. Of course, he beat all the girls. The girls weren't happy. The boys weren't happy because they wanted to compete against Mac. Mac wasn't happy, but he couldn't legally, even though everybody wanted him to compete in the boys division, he had to compete in the girls division. That's just the beginning of the story. There's so much more. So please welcome Mac. Mac Biggs. Hey, Mac. Hi. Hey, how's it going? Is that kind of right? Kind of? Um, uh, actually, um, it, well, actually, the females and the males, the, actually, the kids had no problem. I, I right. talked to my competitor. It was only the parents and, you know, people who were outside who had no um, idea even about wrestling, um, about the sport of wrestling, um, and even just, like, you know, my story in general. Like, the, like 99% of my competitors that I had um, – you know, I was friends with, and I still talk to right. till this sure. day. Um, and it's so, hey, Billy, to me, oh, you bring me off for a second so I can go take care of my dog, Mac. You hold you that. Go. I'll be okay. right back. All right, Sue, Sue, you're gone. It's all right because I got so much to ask you. I want to actually go, go, go back. Right I want to go back before all of this. So, when did you start to think that you were born in the wrong gender body? Um, I think when I was in probably first grade and like kindergarten, really? actually it was, it was a uh, pre-K, it was pre-K. Um, 
I would actually went to a um, Catholic school in Irving. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I was like, you know, I had to dress in a like skirt, um, like a like tie and everything. And, you know, we had to recite, you know, the Bible verse when like we were first oh, went sure. into school. Um, it, it was it was nuts. Um, and I saw this girl, you know, across the room and I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> like I was like that was like the first initial thought. Um, and I was just so like, did you think that maybe you were I mean, again, you may not have had the words, but did you think that you may be a lesbian and not transgender? I, that's why I was struggling. I didn't even know about the LGBT community until probably like fifth grade or sixth grade. Um, it sure. was very new and very um, prominent then. Um, so that was probably around probably like, you know, 08, 07, you know, mm-hmm. um, and even like, uh, you know, when I was first thinking about it, it was probably like around 05. And um, the thing was, is that th- it was more of the aspect of not just like, you know, the sexuality nature. It was more the fact that, you know, I wanted I didn't like that I was developing when I was coming to teenager. I didn't know I didn't like mm. how I was developing up in this area. And like when my hormones started kicking in, you know, estrogen, I was just like, oh, I don't like this. Like this, this doesn't feel right. Like this, I'm not feeling myself. Like even like these thoughts are now becoming solidified to the fact that, you know, I'm developing into the person that I don't want to be. Like, right. I don't want to be this. I want to be what's like, you know, up here in my head. You know, Matt, we've I, had this I want to thank you. Oh, I, I want to oh, thank you, Matt, for all. I know that all you wanted to do was wrestle, <laughs> and the idea of like you know having to to you know be an activist uh, and have to go through the pain that you went through just to do what you wanted to do. I just want to thank you for um, for doing that and and let you know that I appreciate the challenge of having to go through all that and also having to sit through Billy's introduction. I also understand the challenge. <laughs> Nah, he was cracking. He was cracking me up. <laughs> Let's talk about all the things Billy said wrong. Shall we begin? <laughs> well, no. You know what I what I think is really important. Mac just brought up a really good point, and we had this conversation with Gabby Tuft a couple oh. weeks ago. Is that I think people really get caught up in the difference between the biology and the sexuality, and. You know, I I wanted to ask because as a kid, you probably don't know what the difference is. Is it the body or is it the interest? And with transgender uh, kids that I've talked to and adults who say they always felt that they looked in the mirror and were angry or this isn't who I feel like I am inside. So I wanted to hear that from you. Yeah, uh, definitely for sure. Um, I think, you know, just as you get older and you're de- developing your thoughts, you're able to solidify, you know, a more construct idea of like who you want to be as a person. And like when you know, you're a child, you know, you're like, oh, well, like, you know, I want to play with that toy. I, like, I want to wear those clothes. And, you know, I asked my mom if I could, you know, wear guys clothes. And, you know, she's trying to force me into like wearing like, you know, like girl panties and like bras. Uh-huh. And I was like, this is just like, this is, this doesn't sound like me. Like, I don't want this. Like, I don't and want it. Wasn't it. Ju- and it wasn't just a phase like, oh, you'll grow out of being a tomboy. This was something deep inside, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. And um, after a while, you know, my grandmother and my mom, they kind of had an idea, but they were just like, oh, we have a tomboy on our hands. Like, what are we going to do? Yeah. I was like, you know, I first came out as bisexual because I was like, I didn't have the, I didn't even know trans was like even a thing until my mom actually watched um, a Kitty Couric show about trans kids. And um, we were having literally a 15 minute car ride <laughs> from my grandmother's to my mom's. Wow. And uh, she was like, just out of nowhere, it was actually, it was the most bizarre conversation until this day that me and my mom had a conversation about. She was like, do you feel like, you know, you're 
trapped in the wrong body. I was like, what are you, what are you talking about? And I was like, what the, what the hell are you talking about? But it how was, lucky <laughs> for you that somebody even had those words. Yeah. Yeah. I was very fortunate to be in the family that I'm in right now, especially, you know, they're Republicans. They're not necessarily like, you know, yeah. Oh yeah. It's you not were brought up in Texas. So we should bring that up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That that goes. There's actually a lot of Democrats in in Texas, Billy. There just yeah. have to be more yes. Republicans. You know, I heard a um a, a great description, which I I can't believe I had never seen before, of um sort of describing what it's like to be trans. You know, it's like being left-handed, right, in a right-handed world, uh, where no one tells you that you actually can write with your left hand, and then you know one day someone says. Hey, have you ever tried to write with your left hand? And you're like, oh my God, I'm left-handed. I had no idea. I mean, I was actually switched in first grade. I was right, I'm left-handed, but they switched me. And you were forced. I was forced. This is how, yeah. So um, that's crazy. Well, it's not as crazy as what's happened to you, but it's all. <laughs> right so I'm going with it. <laughs> um, so you start realizing that you have these feelings as a preteen or early early teens, and so tell us what happened next. Um, you know, I just, just kind of developed into the person. Like my, I had free range to like do what I want. I had a little harder time, you know, when I went to go get boxer briefs with my mom, I think that was like, you know, that solid like argument and conversation, like, you know, this is happening. Um, you gotta like let go of, and I don't mind using my dead name. Um, you gotta let go of McKinsey and you have to let Mac breathe and live and, you know, in the truth that I want to be. Like, you know, and even then, like, um, I think uh, 911, um, I just recently started watching it. There's uh, the trans man that's in there. And, you know, he was talking to his sister. He was like, you know, McKenzie's not dead. Um, And that always hurts me, you know, like, you know, I think about my sister and like, you know, do I feel like, you know, I killed a part of like, you know, that person that, you know, she was always connected to. Um, But the thing is, like, you know, that person wasn't always like, you know, I didn't kill that person. Uh, I was there the whole time. The same person. Right. Yeah. You know, it's, um, we talked about this last last time, Billy, too, that it's mm-hmm. uh, it's uh, the folks around you, the family and friends, even those who love you and you're talking about it now, you know, it's they have an expectation level, a projection that they put on your life, right, and how they want it to be. And it's hard for them sometimes to adjust. And it's, you know, in all sorts of ways, you know, for all oh, yeah. people, it's not, but it, it's, it's good. And it sounds like you've, your family has had that space and you've had that space to kind of work out where we are now or where you are now. Yeah. And it's, and it's, it's crazy because like my grandmother is like, you know, a hard born uh, Baptist Catholic and um, Mm. you know, it took her a lot. It took her a year to finally talk to me, um, which is she's my number one biggest, biggest supporter now. Um, she shielded me from everything that happened that happened in high school with, you know, the lawyer trying to file the file a lawsuit against me. Um, you know, when I was going through a lot of mental health issues and I was trying to, you know, attempt suicide and, you know, cut myself and everything, you know, she was right there next to me the whole time. Uh, she was like, she was like, I can't find a single thing in the Bible that shows that, you know, I shows that I need to hate you. I, I don't, right. I it's, love you unconditionally. It's so fascinating. Like history. Um, there's, there's plenty of examples of, of what we would now call trans people, uh, all throughout indigenous cultures, uh, and it's not until, you know, the, the colonizers show up that suddenly uh, those things are considered wrong or there's binary choices. Uh, homosexuality was, is frowned upon, you know, in every spot where that's been colonized, 
by by the West, uh, those things suddenly become illegal and frowned upon. Um, you know, I'm also wondering, I often make this argument, I'm just wondering if, if, if it rings true to you that, you know, people are freaking out about this. Some people are freaking out about this on the high school level, you know, and as someone who coached, you know, middle school soccer um, on the lowest um, level team, it's not like it's this exceptionally elite athlete <laughs> mix you know lots of kids are playing high school sports and participating for the love of the sport or to be with their friends or to hang out you know and it seems such such a, a tragedy that this this argument is being played out in a in a spot in a spot in those years where you guys you know high school kids then in, should be able to just be and enjoy the sport and enjoy hanging out Yes, yeah, I completely agree. And, and then the thing is, is like these bills aren't just, you know, attacking the, the whole argument is around transgender women. It's trying to attack women in sports. Um, and, you know, uh, especially on the medical side, uh, you know, how are we going to, you know, check these athletes? Is, is it now that we are now going to target the LGBT community, the queer people? Because if we don't, you know, they don't like look to standard societies of what a woman looks like. Is that what we're going to? Are we going back to like, you know, 1965 in the Olympics to where, you know, we're checking women's genitalia uh, to, you know, figure out, you know, that's the biological sex that you were born as? I mean, that's ridiculous. I don't I wouldn't want someone, you know, checking my 14 year old daughter uh, because they weren't sure of what she or him was. Yeah, this is where we had this conversation with Gabby and where I had the complete opposite side. It never occurred to me to think of it from your point of view. In Gabby's point of view, Gabby had been born male, became a woman. And I felt that if she competed against women, having been born male with the advantages of the musculoskeletal system having been male, she'd have an unfair advantage. It never occurred to me to think that somebody who was born female becoming male would fight to compete against guys who were genetically male and might have advantages over over now him. I mean, and it's possible. I mean, I was... Uh, the and thing you is said that, you didn't care. You just wanted to fight the boys, wrestle yeah. the boys. Yeah, and but I mean, I wrestled like guys in high school. The thing was is that you can't limit yourself when you're an elite, an elite athlete, and you want to get to that, you know, that top level of being an athlete, especially for yourself. You cannot limit to yourself. You cannot limit yourself on just you know the basis of sex. And I mean, that's ridiculous. It's all about you know how hard you work every single day. I mean, I don't know very few many athletes, you know, who were in Texas that were, you know, practicing at, le at least five to six hours of training every single day. I mean, yeah. at most, you know, the standard athlete probably practices from like two hours to three hours a day and then they go home and that's it. You know, Billy, I, I sort of I disagreed with that, too. I, I know mean, you did. You know, in terms of when you get my argument about this is you've got your high school athletes and then you have elite. Well, athletes. he's talking about elite. Athletes. I know. Elite and then athletes, elite right. athletes you know, the differences in men and women biologically when you get to the elite level is not as great as you think it is, right? Especially when you get to sports like tennis, or marathons, right? And, you know, all sorts of sports where... Uh, I mean, it's been proven throughout history. I mean, yeah. um, God, I wish I had the actual names, but, you know, That's there was right. that whole tennis, um, you know, competition the between... Battle that, of the, the Masters. Right, Bill. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah exactly. 
And I mean, there's research now. I, I'm so glad I could actually say this research now. Um, there's uh, this physician uh, in the UK. Um, she has now have has solid analytical data showing that transgender women athletes do not have a, uh, have an advantage over cis female athletes because after five to six months of hormonal uh, hormonal therapy, their red blood cell count and their bone mass density uh, like reduces to that of a cis female. No, wow. and the the other the other challenge, you know, too is, you know, I can't help but see misogyny as the underpinning of all of this um, trying to block trans athletes from competing, and it's misogyny because you know they make it sound like women are these delicate flowers that can't compete, right? So we have to protect right. the girls' teams under any circumstance because they need to be protected. They don't want a trans man participating in men's sports because of the misogyny of what says it says on your birth certificate. They don't want a trans woman participating in women's sports because, you know, this is, this is someone who was, who's got a male name on a, on a birth certificate and is now a woman, right? So the threat of transphobia to me is besides obviously transphobia, the underpinning of it to me is misogyny. Yeah. It was crazy. Cause I remember this match I had with this dude um in freestyle and greco it was during the summer and you know he knew that i was a trans man and you know i i whooped his ass <laughs> like i can't i kicked his ass <laughs> like it was so it was so funny i was laughing during the match i felt so bad but i was like oh this dude's feeling is getting hurt so bad <laughs> i was like i'm so sorry i like hurt your you know toxic masculinity um and like you know he was like he shook my hand at the end he was like good match i was like yeah, you too, bro. <laughs> I was like, get out of here with your like <laughs> weak ass. <laughs> I'm not gonna um, tell anyone that I was beaten, though. I'm just gonna take this and go home. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it, you you had brought up in uh, an interview. I think it was with ESPN because I watched a lot last night. Um, that uh, one of the arguments that a lot of the girls, or the I shouldn't say the girls, as you pointed out, the girls' families had was that since you were transitioning, you were undergoing testosterone therapy. What they didn't understand was that you were using the blocker so that you would not get increased muscle mass. But that's all very kind of scientific for uh you know, a suburban parent to understand all they know is, oh, he's taking steroids, you know. So what do you say to that? I mean, let's explain a little bit about what you were doing and I, how I, it could have screwed up your whole system. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, I wanted to take testosterone. I was like, you know, I'm becoming a teenager. I, I wanted to grow, I want to grow facial hair to, you know, the best of my ability. I mean, even now, like I can't even, I've been on testosterone for, eight years now eight eight years plus wow. gone and like i still can't even grow hair here it's like little be <laughs> like hairs like every now and then and like this is basically <laughs> only it. like that's that's it <laughs> and um the thing is is that you know everybody's body's different so i had to talk to my doctor and be like i want to continue competing i know that i cannot compete against the males i have to comp compete against the females i know if uil and anybody other parent sees me like as a trans man, I'm not going to stop living my truth. How do we go about this in the best way to where I can receive my care, my hormonal therapy without having to compromise, you know, my competition and me, you know, wrestling and, you know, right. and uh, against well, then one of the, one of the girls, uh, and I had the quote here and I can't of course find it right off the top. Oh, of is it that head. one girl that, you know, I think, no, I know no, well, no, no, not that girl, but, um, <laughs> 
<laughs> no, no, because we'll get to her. Uh, but no, one one girl who was, uh, oh yeah, okay, Destiny Dominguez said it's not, it's nothing strength-wise as a wrestler. It's how strong you are. It's not how strong you are. It's your mentality and how you wrestle. So she yeah. was really bringing up the point that being strong that might help you as a boxer or in other sports, but in wrestling, it is about the technique and your training and oh, yeah, you don't sure. have. So I guess it brings me to my question because again, I do see Sue's not here right now. So I can kind of say this. <laughs> oh, look, I see her back, but I'm not. Yeah, I love having a conversation like this. like this, Billy. Go, go right, right ahead. Okay. So, um, I understand what Sue's saying about, you know, mm -hmm. oh, the girls are this, the girls are that. My understanding was is that the reason why boys compete with boys and girls compete with girls is for an even playing field. Words that Sue hates when I say this. Mm -hmm. um, so, but I will say there were girls in my high school who were wrestling who could have whipped my ass. It would have been very easy. So should sports like wrestling be intramural? I mean, I mean that they already have, you know, in states to where they have co-ed wrestling. And the thing is, is that mm. um, I posted this several times. There was a girl, um, you know, that went to nationals and she was uh, in the 118 pound bracket, 116 pound bracket. And she won against all the boys in, wow. uh, in nationals. Yeah. Like nationals is huge for wrestling. Like that's something that's like, you know, I'm getting goosebumps just talking about it. Like, you know, that's like, like something that's, you know, uncomprehensible unachievable but is achievable because you have to be the best and so she did this going against the guys and greco which ne never mind that like greco is like you know all upper body strength versus right. in freestyle and uh folk style you know you have to use your legs and you have to use your upper body so not only did she win against the guys but she also won against the guys in um you know the style that's probably the like that requires the most strength Mm -hmm. that the boys did. you would think would have the advantage right. yeah exactly so like you know you think you think about it and it's like there's no argument on to you know whether a female does have a disadvantage to men like it's all about worth ethic and how much you put in you know billy i it's, said it before in a perfect world right yeah. we wouldn't have genders right? right we wouldn't be forced into you know, the gender stereotypes, unless we wanted to be right. We wouldn't have norm. We could be what we wanted to be and we would compete against people in an equitable way. Right. right. So, uh, like the Boston marathon does like running, running is a great example of, you know, the women elite athletes beat, 95% of the people participating in the Boston Marathon and Marathon. Yeah, but the elite men usually beat the elite women. Right, they do, but that is also I mean, a sport where we're going to see probably most likely that a woman will be able to beat the elite men, if, if, probably not in our lifetime. Yeah, I don't uh, Probably in Max's lifetime. <laughs> Well, we're, we're, we're starting to get to a point to where, you know, we're starting to use more alternative medicines. We're starting mm -hmm. to, you know, unlock different ways to, you know, how to adjust our bodies, to, you know, our environment. Yeah. And, you know, that as, as, you know, science proves, like, you know, that's, you know, we're starting to, you know, unlock chiropractic, which is like, I found such a, as a useful tool. I, I don't take medication anymore. I don't use ibuprofen. I don't even want to be near any pharmaceutical medicines like that. Um, because uh -huh. like, you know, we, so we're starting as you know we're as at least for me i see you know my body's a temple and i want to treat it as so really um, so really actually snorts ibuprofen I don't know. I do. Constantly. <laughs> right here. Right this here. show is brought to you by Advil. 
<laughs> right here. Um, constantly, Bye. I just want people. You're to young, know. Matt. It's okay. Um, so, Mac, let me ask you. Let me ask you about Patty Overstreet, um, who was the mother of one of the wrestlers, who said, who continued referring to as she. So, when I say she, I'm quoting her. She's standing there, holding her head high, like she's the winner. She's not winning. She. It's not equal. It's not. It's never going to be equal. She's cheating. Now, I can understand from somebody who may not understand the the um, subtleties of the science thinking this was a girl who's taking testosterone, so she's got an advantage. And I get that. So is it a question of education or is it, as Sue says, a question of, you know, misogyny or even ignorance? It's both. Yeah, I think it's both. Because, like, you know, I see both sides. Like, you know, I'm just like you, Billy. Like, I see both sides. Say, but, I definitely do, but I definitely do have a side. Yeah. Because, yeah. like, you know, it all, it all comes with it. You have, in order to, like, you know, come with, it, like, attack these social institutions, you have to come with a neutral standpoint because you have to be able to understand what the other side is saying. And I learned that Absolutely. in debate, you know. You can't just take one side and, you know, be argumentative on that side and not be able to see the other side's perspective. You know, if you want to reach the other side, you have to be You've able to take examples. Right. You have to be able to see that and be able to, you know, provide those examples for them that they can relate to. It's all about relatable, uh, relatable content that that side can view. You know, it's it's just like with anything, you know, you talk about. But that's just so like you're so, saying. That's so you're saying was, that. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. That ahead. situation was was terrible, though, because that wasn't your choice. Right, I mean, like you were my forced choice. to compete against the. Yeah, girls. I mean, you would if you had been able to do what you wanted to do and what you should have been able to do, then it wouldn't have been a discussion at all. And then that's, I mean, and that's the yeah. part, the, the short sightedness. And yeah, it, that's interesting. Yeah. Mac was actually trying to look out for kind of everyone, right, a right and see, and I know as as a performer, not necessarily an athlete, although I did get my letter at Medford High School. Thank you very much. Um, in diving, I was a diver, and I competed against and girls because diving is something that really is sort it's of like a level art. playing it's like an field. Art. Right, exactly. But anyway, what I was going to say is, is that in some sports, you want to compete against the better athletes because it makes you better. So I can understand you wanting to do that. I can also understand this mother's point of view saying, can't my little daughter just compete against some little, little petite little girl and win a trophy? So I get that, too. limiting yourself just saying um but <laughs> i mean like that, that's putting limits for yourself like, it is right if you're going to be an athlete like you're going you wanted to compete against the best you want to be the best and that's the whole thing you know when you're in high school like you know that's society telling you like you know you need to pick a sport and you know people you know always like very rare uh you know like you know compete in multiple sports um it's very mm -hmm. hard to juggle it's very hard um but you know it's usually you're on a one path course right and you know um if you want to compete in high school and have fun then go ahead that's you that's what you should want to do is have fun right. and, and, that, I think Sue's point. and you know if they're so concerned about women's sports and girls sports and protecting girls and girls sports then invest in them right invest in them without the threat of federal funding being withheld right treat the women's and girls sports like you're treating the men's and the boys sports look at the n double a uh, the na uh, what is it the, the NCAA. 
the NCAA um, women's teams. I thought that was ridiculous. Them, I was so mad. I was. They have no. They they have a lousy test bubble. They've got crappy COVID testing. They're not taking into account coaches and managers who are uh, just had babies and have family issues. And meanwhile, the men's teams, you know, are raking in all the dough and getting all the marketing money. If you are so concerned about trans people competing in sports, all the small percentage of people who actually exist on this planet who would be elite athletes who happen to be trans. Why don't you take that and go move and worry and invest into women's and girls' sports if you're so worried about equity and equality? Yeah, I mean, just that argument itself, you know, it's all about, you know, marketing and how people like – and right. the thing is, is that people don't market. Yeah, and so I see from that side, you know, people are arguing that uh, the reason why, you know – the women's NCAA basketball team doesn't receive that much money is because they don't get that many views. Okay, well then start, you know, marketing right. the NCAA's women's basketball well, we team. Like it's the it. They don't spend any money looking at it, right? And it's a, right. and it's not supposed to be. These are nonprofit colleges, right? This is not supposed to be a money making thing. The case that's before the Supreme Court right yeah, now right. regarding yes. whether or not college athletes are professional or amateur. Uh, not to make it sound like the, the men's team, even though they're enjoying the benefits of a great gym and, a, and an education, they're not necessarily enjoying and sharing the lion's share of the profits that are coming into the university. So Exactly. Yeah, actually, that's a good question. Max, since you've been on both sides, on the female teams and the male teams, and we will talk about your college experience too, have you noticed how the girls versus the boys were treated on their teams, either by the school's support or by what they were given? Um, for, for me personally, uh, I, I I was fortunate enough to go to a college that was very it's very um, diverse and inclusive um, of the men's team and the women's team. Okay. Uh, so I mean, yeah. Uh, for high school wise, uh, it was more of not just for not the uh, the diversity of or how do how, how do I explain it? We it, football is a very big thing in Texas, so. All, all football teams got, you know, the spotlight, you know, Nike was like, you know, we got Nike gave more things to, you know, the football team rather than, you know, gymnastics, wrestling, right. uh, track and field. Uh, so it really wasn't more the perspective of, uh, you know, the males got more, the females got more. It was, it was just that one sport. Football. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so let's talk about college. Now, you were in a really interesting situation when it came to college is that. You, and I, I know I'm going to screw this up too, so don't mind me, but my understanding was you could, you were accepted under a girl's scholarship, a female scholarship, I was you in, wanted to, go, go ahead, you tell it. Yeah, I was initially, I was initially like uh, the female coaches on the female wrestling team, uh, mm -hmm. you know, asked me, um, and I wasn't going to compete, you know, with the females. It was more of the fact that I was going to compete um internationally so i was okay. going to be able to do freestyle and greco not necessarily folk style anymore okay. um so that would have been like a huge step for me but the thing was is that i didn't want to be accepted by women's coaches because then what does that set for my story i don't want the whole thing was is that i wanted to go to college and i wanted to compete as a male wrestler um and not you know just train 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 and then hope you know they take me somewhere when you know they have their own women's team that you know the naia has their own you know set uh dates to where they compete um so when do i get my competition in like when right, do i so get my you focus? had 
So you were in a really lucky situation because the coach of the males team was really in favor of however you got into the school, he would work with you. Is that basically what happened? Yeah, um, me and my, I had my uh, coach, Coach Travis Clark, um, at, um, at my high school. Uh, he was like, um, "This sounds like because I was going to get five, I was five grand, five grand or two grand uh, for my scholarship." Um, so I turned down money in order to do what I wanted to do. Wow. Um, so we got a hold of the head coach um, at the university um, and uh, Coach Omi. I uh, love him to death. He's stuck by my side throughout everything that's been going on in my life right now. Um, bless his soul. And um, he was like, as long as you got the grades. And this is what this is what it comes down to when it comes to college. And that's the, what right. people need to take away from this. It, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter about your athletic ability. Where are your grades? What's your SATs? And what's your um, ACTs? What are your scores? That's what it what that's what it comes down to. And it, it it bears noting that in high school, even though you were forced to compete against the girls, you still finished third place against the boys. Is that right? Yeah, that was actually. Um, you know, I, the, my junior year, you know, uh, USA Wrestling didn't let me compete at all in the tournaments in the summer against the guys. Uh, because I was, you know, on suspension because of like I I competed in the women's tournaments during the summer, um, even though I was in Greco and you know wrestling against the guys, but you know I had to get my suspension somehow. So I had a little bit of suspension uh, for that up until uh, the nationals uh, or the national in the junior division, and I didn't do so high. I got fourth in um, that year. But, you know, I was like, I really want to prove people wrong. I was like, oh, I really want to, like, you know, stick it to the man. I was like, there's no way that I'm, like, losing this time. This is, that's crazy. Um, so then I was able to, you know, compete in all the tournaments my senior year during summer. And, you know, when I went to Juniors Nationals uh, for uh, freestyle and folk style, um, I got third in both. And I got wow. beat by the same two dudes that were on the podium. <laughs> so, like, and they went to the same school. So it was kind of like a little oxymoron, <laughs> but – it, I mean, I was like, God, I guess they just worked harder than me. I mean, I just, you know, and they were younger than me, too. So, you know, they were like, you know, little boys, like just, you know, kicking ass. <laughs> I was like, are you freaking kidding me right now? I was like, I got like handed my ass handed to by like some like 17 year old. <laughs> like I was like, I was like, you know, 19, you know, about to be 20 in April. I was like, are you kidding me right now? This is ridiculous. But, you know, I'm happy with what I got because I was like, that's something that I'm proud of. I was able to prove people wrong that like. I can still compete against these men, um, these young men, and, you know, do great. So what, what's the plan now? What happens now? What are you doing now, and what, where can we expect to see you? Um, right now, I have future plans of becoming the first trans man to, you know, be in the UFC. If Joe Rogan, wow. you know, decides to put aside his hatred towards, you know, with his transphobia and everything. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, I am right now I'm, you know, I officially retired from collegiate wrestling about two months ago. Um, and I'm now focusing on an MMA, jiu-jitsu and kickboxing route, um, to, you know, to compete in the UFC. Wow. You know, you're also working really hard to try to change the laws. And what you've pointed out is that Texas is, is it one of 30 states that forces you to compete against the gender on your birth certificate? Is that, is that right? Correct? Um, there's, it's actually like, um, it's like in the teens of how many states that oh, actually okay. do yeah. have that initial like, uh, uh, Oh, okay. No, it's 30 you know, states that introduced bills, bills to try yeah. to limit it. Yeah. Right. And right now, uh, yeah, I don't know how many there are. That have, it's yeah. Already passed. And the thing is like these states already had like 
their anti-trans bills like in place already it was just harder to try to compete in you know either the gender that you had to compete in or the gender that you wanted to identify as um and uh the thing is, is that these states um their anti-trans bills are just you know it has nothing to do with you know trans people and trans athletes it all has to do with you know attacking women in sports well, and you also brought up a really good point, which was that this was also connected to the bathroom bills that we've talked about mm -hmm. on this show so many times. So explain what you think, the, how you think it's connected. Um, it, it's just connected with the same, you know, misogyny way of thinking. It's, you know, like these lawmakers and these legislators, it's their standard of what this, their standard of what society thinks what should be. Um, mm -hmm. When in reality, like our society is changing and it's evolving. Um, I mean, look at just from like, you know, the 1920s to, you know, to right now, uh, we've made leaps and bounds and just, you know, the, the, rel the rel religion and, you know, science and um, evolution. And just, it's just, just crazy. Like we don't, uh, what, what's to what I'm like, I, I want to live to like I'm 120 to just, you know, prove to everybody like in the next hundred years, like just how much is just what's going to change. And, you know, I follow this app called Gaia and um, super informational, informative tool. Um, it's absolutely phenomenal. And I'm into a lot of space theories and, uh, you know, like the secret programs and everything with the government and aliens. Like, so like, you know, like, yeah. Oh my God, you're my kind of guy. I'm into all that. <laughs> like, it's very informative. It's crazy. And, you know, like not everyone's your friend. That's the thing is like, you know, we can't trust. I, I personally can't trust the government as much as I want to have faith in the government. I don't trust them. So, you know, it's really, you know, society and, and as always been, it's always in our and always in our hands. It's in society's hands on what we want the world to be and how it's going to change. It's funny you said 120 because Billy's 120. Uh, Give or take. So <laughs> don't you look good for 120? Um, you know, we should, you know, I don't want the day to pass by without mentioning, and we, you know, this was just luck. This was certainly not planned. That yesterday was Transgender Day of Visibility. And, um, you know, you've been thrust, as Sue pointed out, you know, you just wanted to compete. You want, you were just some guy who wanted to wrestle. And somehow you've gotten caught up in this whole political machine and fighting for rights and getting involved with Congress and all sorts of things. Do you, are you, do you ever sit there and say, maybe I just should have not even opened this can of worms and said, all right, I'm going to transition, but I'm not going to wrestle and I'm going to live my life under the radar. I've never said that, but I have said something of a modification of that. I've always oh, said that okay. I wanted to do what I always wanted to do, but you know, the spotlight, you know, talking to people, that's not what I want. I just still wanted to live my truth. Like I'm still not going to stop being who I am. Like that's just me as a person. <laughs> like, so I'm you're not necessarily drawn to the spotlight and doing stuff like this is not what you're in it for. Yeah, I, I just want to do it because I, I care about, you know, kids like that's at the end of the day, like I want I don't want another kid to go what I went through because, mm -hmm. you know, my mental health did take a toll on me during like these past several years when I was in college. I mean, I'm well, I in high school, you considered suicide. Yeah, it, I've actually attempted suicide twice um, in high school. Um, wow. Yeah. Um, the first time was like my sister saw like the blade in the bathroom and she like came in crying and that like that hurt my soul like I, my sister my little sister is like everything to me 
my sister is like 80 pounds and she knows she's like i will kick anybody's ass um in order to like <laughs> you know if anybody hurts you i'm just like okay Sophia, whatever <laughs> but you know like and i will sister. point out split slitting your wrists is a very guy way of committing suicide <laughs> so you know it's not like you took pills or something you're a guy all right, go ahead. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm I did both. I did both. <laughs> oh, well. Oh, see. see, there you go. You covered all <laughs> your bases. Sorry, Sue. <laughs> this just is bad, Billy. Sue had, Sue had one thing to hold on to. I was just going to say something nice about how we're so glad you're here and you didn't, but clearly it's just, you know. You know what? What made you then try this or con consider it the second time if it was your sister that got you through the first time? I just I just didn't. I couldn't handle the hatred. I didn't want to deal with it anymore. Um, yeah, I, I mean, think people really... should know there's videos and really disturbing videos of you competing and people like booing. Yeah. I mean, it was really horrific. Yeah, I never really actually had a real championship either. Um, that's the thing is like, I look back on it. I wish that I, you know, I told my coach, you know what? No, I don't want you to pull me off into the hallway. But, you know, I understand that it was for my safety at the end of the day. And, you know, um, were you would, ever in, were you ever really afraid for your person? I would, I would, I would have took on anyone in that freaking arena. Like, we sometimes look at it from a physical standpoint, right? You know, like, no, he probably wasn't in any danger because, you know, you're a championship wrestler and, you know, hopefully adults will act like adults, but the emotional toll, toll of that, especially when you're going through what you're going through and you be, you're looking to adults. I mean, no wonder you don't trust the government. You look to adults to help you to do the right thing when you're, you know, in middle school and high school, the administration who are the de facto, you know, government of authority figures and, and they fail you. So, you know, of course you're, you're going to have a mistrust of, of, of that. But at the same time, you know, we're, we're looking at what president Joe Biden did this week, reinstating uh, trans military and armed services people. Mm. Um, and the backlash that's growing against uh, states and cities that that have these anti-trans um, bills and the you know and the, and the and the realization of what's really going on here you know it's it's yeah, not and, about and, it's, and it's also like any of these bills are getting passed in these states like the ncaa's are like you know not wanting or even the olympics they're not wanting to have any championships held in their state um which is like huge it's that's that would be a huge step uh right. to you know calling out to these states that are, have already passed these bills and are considering passing them. Yeah, and it also seems to me that the more the people like you who are succeeding in the adversity that, you know, most adults would not do what you're doing. It takes enormous courage to stand, to go out there knowing you're going to be facing bigotry and hatred and still do it and then succeed. So I think it's people like you that really are making a change and maybe will change some people's opinions one person at a time. Look at how what you Billy. Look at this. This is Billy's already. You've got me thinking. Look, you've got me thinking. And you know, it's funny. May maybe I'm a misogynist, but I'm really not. I'll, what do you, you know, think? Maybe? What do you think? Oh, I <laughs> think so. there might be some misogynists. Oh no, some of my best friends are girls. Um, but <laughs> there might no, be some the male misogynists out there. I don't know, Billy. 
Well, you know, let me tell you, I really was looking at it. And again, maybe because I was looking at girls as the weaker sex, which I guess is part of misogyny, that I'm like, well, I don't want some guy fighting against a girl because he's got an unfair advantage. Well, that is part of something that's programmed into it. No, no. Every anti-trans argument, that political argument, is built around trying to protect women. Right. Um, exactly. And, and all these bills, all the, all their evidences is dated back from like 1990. This is this is the Kansas bill. These are the two evidences that I saw and the dates that were beside them: 1996, 2011, and 2012. Yeah, it's all and it's all bullshit. I mean, that's that's you, you, the the idea of you know to talk about restroom access. There are already laws on the books to keep you from being assaulted in a restroom, and women are in much more danger. It's you know it's it's uh, domestic violence month or sexual uh, assault awareness month. We are in much more danger with the men that we live with than anybody we might ran McDonald's bathroom. Right. And so again, if you really want to protect women, then let's invest in keeping women safe in their homes. Right, Definitely. because how many trans women right. are praying at the McDonald's? You know, probably right. not a lot. Hey, I gotta um, go. Okay, you go. I'm going to finish Black, up. With it was Max great soon. to meet you. I, I so great meeting you. Thank you so much. And Billy, no keep an eye on Billy for me. Yeah, all right. He'll keep me legal. All right. Bye, <laughs> Sue. Thank you, Sue. Um, Mac, all right, now it's the parents because... gone. Yeah, exactly. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and she thinks I'm the old one. Um, you're not. You're now really. You know. Again, just because you wanted to wrestle, you've been thrust into this leadership position, in terms of the trans community and really the LGBT community. You've become a, a hero for a lot of people. Is that something that you're comfortable with? I've had to grow into that com- comfort. Um, you know, because like I was always always like very outspoken about you know mental health and you know uh, the lgbt community but Mm -hmm. the more that you know as you develop as a person you kind of have you know your certain niches and clicks for instance like you have like you know like you have a you know a sub subcategory and you have on top of the category that you know you're wanting to specifically talk about um so you know i my social media platform started to really develop into, you know, the aspect of like trans individuals, the LGBT community and, you know, mental health on top of, you know, intersecting into all these different things that, you know, that are all, all that are all inter interconnected um, that I had no idea until, you know, I got to college and gone to high school, you know, I started learning about, you know, uh, you know, black lives, you know, black lives matter movement. I really started getting into that, even though I'm, I'm an ally for that. Um, because like, you yeah, know, which you, and you've gotten ally awards as well. Yeah. But you've had, you know, you've obviously, look, I, I've been a member of the gay community for 30 years and I still fumble. It is, it is an evolution. And the thing is, is that you're going to learn from everybody you talk to. And if you're open, yeah, we're all willing human. to we're, we're all human, Billy. I mean, that's what right. it comes down to. We, we all make mistakes. I make mistakes. Um, you know, you know, my friend just recently just, I start. I was calling uh, them like her um, pronouns for like the longest, and now they just came out as you know Grayson, and they want to be called he and they pronouns, like literally yeah. just the other day. And you're gonna and so slip. I, yeah, and I I might slip sometimes. I'm now you know when I talk about them, I have to slow it down. You know, I don't mm-hmm. want to you know say something wrong, but that's you know 
you know, that's just from training myself for a very long time to be respective and be respectful of like people of what they want to be called. Um, so it's just an all an evolution of just, you know, this, this is not going to stop. Um, so right. like, why, why should my opinions, even though my opinions are, you know, I, I love everybody. Like you, if you want to be a unicorn, go be a freaking unicorn. You, you, <laughs> like, I mean, at the end of the day, like as long as somebody's happy, that's what matters. Well, and how lucky is how lucky is Grayson to have had somebody like you who had paved the way for him? Yeah, a hundred percent. And I, I love them to death. They've they've always been supportive of me. Um, so I'm not gonna you know be like, oh, I'm not supportive of you. Like, no, I'm gonna be supportive because you're my friend. Um, and even if you weren't my friend, like, I, it's 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 uh, it's in not it's human it's human for us. To, you know, um, you know. Just, just be respectful. Like it's not that right. hard, you know. Be respectful of other people's opinion. If I can respect your opinion at the end of the day, why can't you respect mine? Right, exactly. Um, so we talked about, you know, that body and who you are and how you identify is not necessarily connected with sex. We found that with Gabby Tuft, who had been a man who had been with women, and he's now a man. I mean, now he's a woman, so she's a she, and still has a wife. So that hasn't changed. You were, before you transitioned, you had had girlfriends, correct? Yeah, I even had boyfriends, too. I mean, I swing oh, both places. Okay. I'm pansexual. I got my pansexual right. flag. Um, oh, and my well, there you go. And... That makes <laughs> so... it a whole lot easier. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So but, do you um, still, do you, right now, do you have somebody in your life that is supportive of you? Yes, uh, my girlfriend's actually in the other room. I think she's actually oh, listening right now. Uh, <laughs> yeah, she... All right, so <laughs> be sure. <laughs> yeah, uh, I love her. I love her to death. Um, you know. So did um, she come into your life after this whole transition or in the middle of all this drama? Uh, yes, it was actually, actually in the, in the past year, actually. Oh, um, wow. So I didn't even tell her about everything. She just, you know, I just, we were on a dating app um, and I was just, mm -hmm. you know, I she knew that I was trans. Um, no, actually she didn't know that I was trans. Um, oh, wow. So like I, pa I passed so well that people don't <laughs> like, and that's another thing is like the media, like, you know, thinks that, you know, Hello, I was... <laughs> that, is, that is a hot guy. I mean, I'm sorry. I mean, you know, really. Yeah, the media portrayed, you know, is using my story and, you know, is like bandwagoning it to where, you know, I, I am representing trans females. Like, I pass so well that they don't even realize that I was actually biologically born a female. Um, right. And so I think that I'm transitioning to be a female um, because, you know, that's how standard society thinks of how, you know, a trans Absolutely. person looks. Um, so, you know. Uh, but yeah, they're completely supportive of me, and um, right. I, I didn't come out to them until actually, like, I think it was like a month into we were talking. I was like, "Oh, and by the way, um, I know I have it in my bio, but like, do you know that I'm trans? I just want to make this. I just want to make it clear and evident." And she was like, "Yeah, um, no, I didn't actually. Hold up, hold on." She was like, "And what the hell oh does that God. mean?" <laughs> right. Well, again, and, everybody is going to need an education to catch up to what you've actually been living through for years. Yeah. And, you know, I, I'm OK with that. And the thing is, yeah. is that this is what the trans community needs to understand is that not everybody is going to, you know, be perfect when coming to this resolution of, you know, of us being who we are. And, you know, that's when it comes to the neutral aspect of you have to be able to under, understand the other side's perspective. And that's when we could come to a clear resolution of like, you know, a utopia, even though we will never concede to a utopia because you know that's unrealistic but and in, in just retrospective 
um, in, a, in a retrospective way, just, you know, being, you know, in harmony with each other. Well, and also recognizing what you've said, which is that every trans person is going to be different. They may want to be called he or she or they, or they may get surgery. They may not get surgery. I know yeah, that exactly. you've had, you've, you've at least already started the surgery. I don't know if you, how far along you are, but have you been happy with the results? Do now the results match what you thought in your head? Yes, they, they do. Um, I mean, one nipple is kind of like not like looking like the other, but I mean, it's okay. I mean, that's, that's a whole part of loving yourself. You know, if you're going to take these steps into who and being who you are as a person, you have to be happy with what you have. But I mean, with, with what you are given, I am privileged and I am so grateful to, you know, have a family that supports me and was able to, you know, save up enough money, money in order to, for me to receive the surgery that I wanted to. And, okay. you know, the next, next step is like bottom surgery, which I don't even oh, yeah, know if definitely. I even want yeah, I don't yeah, even know if I want to get that or not. Because, right. like, you know, it's all the science and, you know, the medical procedures. Like, do I want to do that to myself? Am I going to – I have to be happy with myself. And especially when you're going throughout throughout life is you have to be happy with yourself first. And right. then everything will, will fall into place. That's when everything starts falling, you know, into that, like, oh, this is how life is supposed to be. Like, even though it sucks, but this is how, you know, it is. Like – it's every, it's and just you have all to do what you're comfortable with because again, there's yeah, no exactly. I there's no timeline for comfort. Comfort develops over time, and exactly. when you're ready to do another step, if you even do another step, that will be up to you. But at least it's been, you know, look, I can't imagine it's got to be a, a relief for you to actually look in a mirror and say, wow, what I thought I should look like is actually what I'm seeing back at me, and that's a beautiful thing. It is beautiful. It definitely is beautiful, Billy. I can look in the mirror now and like, I can just be like, man, I look good. <laughs> like, I'm so happy with who I am right now. <laughs> Mac, well, I think as again, I will say it again. You look good. I'm sorry. You look good there. You look good there. And you look good here too. You know, can I just say you look good everywhere. And the fact that you you tell your story so well and you really are so open and and patient with people because I think you probably had to be patient with yourself. So I think you've learned from the ground up. Yeah, I, I'm glad I did. I think, you know, and that's just like in terms of it. And that's what I love about wrestling is that, you know, it teaches you life lessons. And in order to, you know, get to that tip top of like what you want to be as a person and that idealistic person that you are, you have to start from, you know, ground zero. And that's just in anything in life that you do. Cool. Well, I think that's a perfect place to end it. Mac, you've been a delight. I'm so glad we had you on and we had some really great discussions. Uh, please stay in touch with us and we'll have you back on and see what's going on in anything we can do. Oh, do you have a website or something? Um, just two social media platforms. Um, uh, my biggest one um, on Instagram is alpha.trans. Uh, you can reach me there. Um, and then on Facebook, Mac uh, Karam Beggs. And he also like has uh, a YouTube channel uh, with a lot of videos there where you're really very, very open on your videos. Yeah, I mean, I got to get back on it, but <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, it's how you I was able to, to find Just type my name yourself. on YouTube um, and you'll find it, I promise you. <laughs> Mac, thank you. Have a great weekend. We'll talk again soon. All right, soon. you too. Thank you so much, Billy. I really enjoyed this. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Oh, my God. What a delight. Oh, my God. If you were only a little older, I would have dated him. 
Any well, he wanted women. Well, you know, potato, potato. Anyway, uh, another fascinating episode of Billy Masters Live next week. I don't know who's going to be here next week. You know, we try to keep it really at the um to the last minute because stories come up that I really think are fascinating. So anyway. Uh, until I see you guys again, have a great weekend. Please stay safe. If you can get a vaccine, go out and get a vaccine, will you? Because as I have said before, a little prick is better than no prick at all. Uh, talk to you later. Have a great weekend. This has been Billy Masters Live. Oh, and I'm supposed to tell you because they keep yelling at me. So, you know, if you're on YouTube, you know this button down here, right there, that says subscribe? Subscribe. But also press the bell. You got to ring the bell. I don't know why. There's this whole thing about bells. So, and if you're watching on Facebook, go to YouTube, uh, Billy Masters TV. You'll find us. Okay, great. Have a great weekend. This has been Billy Masters Live. And if we're here, we're live. Bye, guys.